3: What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Jacob Morley, and I am joined today by a very special guest, someone that this actually seems uh, supernatural because we do a ton of podcasting together, but I don't know if you've ever been on this podcast. Kent Swanson um, from Arrowhead Pride is here tonight uh, or today whenever you're listening to it, Um, but he's going to join us today. We're going to talk a little bit of um Packers draft if you don't know about Kent uh, Kent and I actually write together for Arrowhead Pride and we uh we do a draft guide every year so Kent is kind of the uh the quarterback whisperer of that group um and I'll I'll let you talk about it Kent but uh but Kent we're happy to have you and welcome to the Packaday podcast how are you man
4: well I'm good I was better until you totally forgot that I've been on your show before so, thank, I was, this was like two years ago. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you remembering me, buddy, but that's okay. No, I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to be back, Jacob. Uh, no, I I, I love my time uh, talking on the uh, Tag of the Day podcast. I wish Ross was here. I haven't talked to him since the combine. That would have been fun to be, uh, to be, to have him on too. So, but it's all right.
3: Yeah, Ross, uh, I thought Ross was good to go, but he is on vacation with all of his kids, and he told me he's at an indoor water park, so I guess they don't have Wi-Fi there. I think he he didn't want to
4: talk to us. I think he didn't want to talk to me, and I'm going to have to slide into his DMs later and have a talk with him.
3: That's fair. That's fair. Well, so Kent Kent is, is an interesting guy to have on the podcast, and he's someone that, I really wanted to get on here even sooner. I know this is pretty far removed from the draft. And, in fact, it seems like the draft was like 10 years ago. Um, But, you know, I've been doing this with Kent for a while. And, obviously, the Packers took Jordan Love this year. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Jordan Love. And I think it's fun to get, you know, an outsider's perspective on Jordan Love, someone that's really got nothing connected to him at all. Um, because even us as Packers fans, it's, you know, it's a little bit diluted once you start talking to people now. Um, so Kent, you know, wrote up his his report for the KC draft guide. Um, but on top of that, I, I want to point out, too, that Kent is someone that, as a Chiefs fan, obviously he's a really big Patrick Mahomes fan, but I can vouch for this and say that even before the Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes, uh, you were all in on that guy. That was someone... Um, that you were very excited about. And I tweeted actually uh, the video of when, of your reaction, when the you took Patrick Mahomes. And basically everything that you thought about Pat has come to fruition, if not more. I mean, to be quite honest, I don't think anyone could really expect um, what is, what is come to be of the, the Patrick Mahomes experiment in Kansas city. I mean, he's truly remarkable um, to watch and just doing things that are absolutely unprecedented in the NFL. So, when we talk about Jordan Love today, obviously we're gonna maybe compare him some aspects of him to Patrick Mahomes, um, but to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, even even as a Packers fan, that's that's a pretty wild thing to do right now. Um, but Kent, what were some things just to kind of go back to that draft and whenever when was it like 2018, seventeen, 2017, leading up Good to that? Death, what were some things that you saw? In a, in a young Patrick Mahomes that made you just really excited about him?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the things that really stood out to me, like obviously arm talent, like some of the things that he's able to do and just throw athletically, like there's just not many guys that are able to do that. And, um, you know, there's a difference between having arm talent, having arm strength, and being able to utilize that with the athleticism that he has, being able to throw from any kind of platform whatsoever. So you like that. I thought he saw the field extremely well and that's undoubtedly translated. Obviously he played in a very wild system where, you know, they weren't in, 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 a, in a structure that they weren't asking him to, you know, take traditional drops. They didn't care what kind of drops he took. But he saw the field well and he slung the ball with confidence cuz he was seeing the field well. You liked those two things about him. You liked his creativity when the play broke down, which has translated obviously a lot. Those were the things I saw and like I you know, I think a lot of the stuff with him was you know some of the mechanical stuff to help make some things more consistent. Those are the kinds of things that we you know I thought was were fixable. and it turns out they were. And you know for him to reach the ceiling, he had to work really hard on some of the baseline stuff. but once that baseline became a little bit more instinctual for him, everything else took over. the natural ability took over. Um, I was head over heels for him in a lot of that regard. I wanted the chiefs to trade up for him. And then they did. Uh, And, I mean, as you could see on Jake's Twitter, whenever you – if you retweet it, I mean, I was giddy. I was geeked out. First quarterback that Chiefs had taken in 34 years in the first round.
3: And he just turns out to be the most freakish guy in (laughs) years of all time. I mean, he
4: he exceeded, like, everyone's expectations. Like you said earlier, Jake. Like, no one had those expectations. I thought he could be a very good quarterback – I thought he could be a quarterback good enough to win a Super Bowl. I did not expect this, but I love the player, but that's just, just, no one thought that.
3: Well, and to kind of put it in perspective for Packers fans, think like the Bears, you know, like the the Chiefs weren't that bad. The Chiefs have actually had decent quarterback play, um, but they haven't ever had just a dude like Pat, and now they have, the like the biggest dude in the NFL right now. So it's kind of like all those years like occurred and it's like you paid it up and it's like now coming to fruition and it's like karma. You know, so you can be a little bit scared, like if that's the case, like what are the Bears gonna end up with eventually? <laughs>
4: They're I mean, probably gonna wind up with with Trevor Lawrence next year or something crazy like I mean, that. That's what's gonna happen.
3: I think you meant Trey Lance. Um <laughs> but, uh no so so you talked about Pat and you talked about some of his intangibles When you watched Jordan Love this year, what were some things um, in your mind that you maybe could say, hey, these guys both have similar talent in this regard, Um, or maybe they don't. You know, maybe they're really far apart. Like, this is a Packers podcast, but I want your, your unfiltered, you know, opinion on Jordan Love. And I know it's tough to compare now, and you have to go back and say, like, okay, thinking of Patrick Mahomes as a prospect, you know, like you just said, you thought you think Patrick Mahomes could be a really good quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Do you see any of that in the young Jordan Love?
2: Um, yeah, I think
4: I see him a, a, a like a like a tier below that. Like I think I do think that the the ceiling of Jordan Love is a Super Bowl quarterback. I, I undoubtedly believe that. Um, I. I think it's going to be a little bit more challenging for him to reach his ceiling than it was for a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But I do really like this player. I think it's a very worthy swing at the quarterback position, even though Aaron Rodgers is, is still on the roster. I, it, investing in the quarterback is never going to be a bad idea to me, especially when you have a guy that you can develop with the kind of ceiling that Jordan Love has. And I love the ceiling of Jordan Love. And you know I you, we could we've talked about this before. I mean you you saw where I had him in the draft guide. I had a a real strong round two grade on him, which basically means he's a first round quarterback. How our system works. I liked the player. I think he got dropped in a really, really good situation for him to develop without any kind of pressure to to play immediately. And you know the highs of this kid. I I would be excited. I I really I I feel bad that you guys don't get to have training camp in Green Bay this year, that you're not getting to see him slinging the ball around the field because it's going to be impressive watching him and Aaron throw the football. Is I mean that's got to be as fun of a one two punch in the National Football League as you're going to see as far as training camp is concerned.
3: Yeah, you know they both can sling it. Um, and you know to hit kind of your point because we're you know we're in the DMs all the time talking, and I remember when. Uh, before the draft, we were talking about love. And, like, well, where are good spots for him? And we all were kind of like a, New Orleans would be really fun. That would be a really fun spot for him to land because he could sit behind Drew Brees. And so my first initial reaction when the Packers took him was like, what? But then kind of remind myself, well, if I if I thought New Orleans was a good landing spot for him, then so is Green Bay. You know, he, he is in a good spot where he's going to have every opportunity to succeed. I think you say it um, – and I'm looking at your write-up of him right now, and we can talk about some of that stuff. Um, but that is definitely something you say like, he's not ready to play right now. He, right. If he got throughout if he was thrown out there his rookie year, I would not feel very confident about him. Um, but one thing that you hit up on it already a little bit, but something that I think is a really interesting trait about Jordan Love, and you know this is something Pat has, this is something uh, Aaron has, um, and you said you know there's a difference between arm talent. And uh, like arm up and arm straight yeah. right. Yeah. Um, can you touch on that a little bit, and especially in regards to like a Jordan Love?
4: Sure. Like Ryan Mallett had a cannon, guys. I mean, you know, like we we've seen that dude grip it and rip it. Like guys like Ryan Mallett are big statues back there. That you know, if things are if their things are on time in rhythm, when his big clunky drop gets to be completed and there's no one at his feet, he can sling the ball around the field. Well, Jordan Love, things don't have to be perfect for him to throw. And arm talent and that ability to throw athletically is so vital in the National Football League. It's got to continually be, as every year as, this thing, as, as the NFL changes, is going to be a, a more coveted trait than ever before. Throwing athletically, throwing on the run, throwing out of structure when things are going wrong. Jordan Love can do that. And he can do that and stretch the field in that regard different than a lot of other quarterbacks. I mean, the guy you have starting week one this year, Aaron Rodgers, same kind of thing. That's a very coveted trait. And I think the teams that build around that, that plan to have that, that want to have that trait as part of, you know, the quarterbacks that they envision are the ones that are going to wind up being successful because, you know, especially with offensive line play getting a little bit more challenging to find chart harder to develop you, your quarterback's going to have to get your, get your team out of trouble. And Jordan love that ability to throw athletically throw with things, not being perfect around his feet, out of structure in the pocket guys, hanging on him. You've seen his wow throws have a lot of that athletic throwing ability. And I, it's not just that he's got a strong arm. It's just how he's able to utilize it, and that's what that is. Jordan Love undoubtedly has it.
3: Right, and, you, and you, you talk a lot about, like, vertical passing game. Like, it's great to have that stuff, you know, that vertical passing game, be able to push the ball down the field. And that's like the Ryan Mallet. You know, Joe Flacco is another good example of that, too. Like, a guy that can throw it a mile but they maybe don't have the, the type of athleticism when they throw. And that's the first thing that stood out with me with Jordan Love is how athletically he throws the ball. And stuff like that is you hear – it like, Kyler, Kyler Murray is really good at this too. Pat's really good at this. Just the, the horizontal passing game. And you might think, well, anybody can do the horizontal passing game. It's like, yes, they can. But the ability to catch catch and release so quickly like that, almost like – you know you hear the analogy all the time, like a second baseman – or a shortstop, right. you know, rolling double play. You know, that's the ability that Aaron's had that, that love is going to have, that Pat has that makes that horizontal passing game that much better. Because if you get the ball in your playmakers hands, you know, a quarter, of a second, a half second earlier than usual, that's a, that's a, that's a long time in the NFL. You know, that's time to get your, your eyes down the field and, and get a little bit of momentum going. So that type of stuff is what excites me as well. Um, and, and you could speak to this, too. That's really, you know, how Andy built that offense around Pat, right, especially right away, which is also what's terrifying about Pat, because in his rookie year, he was doing a lot of stuff like that that was simple, but his arm made it just so it was like a cheat code, you know? Yeah. And so it, it's stuff like that that excites me about love. So it'll be really interesting to watch him develop, probably in 2021, <laughs> get a chance to do that. So that kind of sucks. But... Um, but we'll we'll move on from love. I just thought it'd be interesting to talk to you, just because you know Jordan Love is the type of guy that some people do throw that Patrick Mahomes comparison around. Um, Like I said, which is I think that's a little bit wild. Um, but we look. At the Jake, roster, did, you,
4: did you tell them the comp we had in the KC no, draft guide for Jordan to Love?
3: And I
4: I don't love I I actually
3: like the Patrick Mahomes comp did better than this one, but. I'll let you defend it. So Kent Kent decided that uh, the best comp for Jordan Love is none other than Dante Culpepper. Yeah. Talk, Talk about it.
4: So I actually think it's like a slightly, like a little bit more athletic Dante Culpepper. I think the athleticism is there, but I think Dante Culpepper was a natural thrower. I didn't think he was entirely a statue. He had the ability to create. Um, there was a little bit more high variance to him. And I think that's the thing with Mahomes is, like, obviously Mahomes looked very high variance coming out, and there was some of that too. He made some really boneheaded mistakes. I think the process to generate those mistakes is a little different than than Jordan Love's. I think, you know, like Jordan Love, he'll stare some guys down a little bit too much. He'll get in trouble with some of that kind of stuff. Um, and so I, those kind of things made, kind of endeared me to maybe a Dante Culpepper um, this was this was a very difficult. This is one of the toughest comps. I think this was one of the last comps I put in because we went and debated a lot of different stuff about him. Um, I, I I think you know I think the, the the variance, you know between what Jordan Love can and can't be is pretty high and pretty vast. Um, but I think I mean, dude, if you get Dante Culpepper out of this, like Dante mm-hmm. Pul- Culpepper, mm-hmm. he- healthy. Dante
3: Culpepper? he's an MVP. He won an MVP. Yeah, like I
1: mean,
4: I, come on.
3: I'm not, I'm not upset. I just think, dude, Dante Culpepper was like 280. He was huge. I know, and
4: that's and what was, ba- like
3: I said. He had little baby hands too. So like that, more
4: a, more athletic dude, Dante Cole Pepper. The Pat, Pat had baby hands too, though. So he did have baby
3: hands. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, so a healthy Dante Cole sure. Athletic,
4: um, a little bit more athletic. Like we just didn't put the words dude, more the athletic.
3: So athletic, though. That's the I, thing. But,
4: fit, but the fit, ver- you know, like the fit, not fat, athletic version of Dante <laughs> <Dick O'Reilly.
3: laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. I mean, comp- the thing about comps is if you want to peek behind the curtain a little bit of people that do comps for their draft guides, that's like my least favorite part.
2: It's, it's the <laughs> worst.
3: so hard. And people hold it to such a high standard. Like, I'm ridiculing you right now for just – I
4: know. What the- you should know how hard this is, Jake.
3: <laughs> Basically just like saying, like, hey, kind of, he's kind of like that. Just <laughs> that. People will know who that is, too, you know, is the thing. I think a good comp for Jordan Love is Drew Locke, actually. It is a little bit higher ceiling Drew Locke. So I think both those guys um, throw the ball so, super athletically. I know you don't like Drew Locke because he's a Bronco, but.
4: No, no, no. I and the Missouri a, that's Tigers. It's an, an interesting one, Jake. I think, but I think the thing, like, I definitely like Jordan Love as a prospect better than I like Drew Locke, and I think it's because Jordan Love has shown the ability to throw with touch at every level of the defense differently than Locke has. I also think Locke can throw athletically, no doubt, and, like, I I think, like, Locke's a little bit, like, a little bit, like, streakier than Jordan Love, even if that makes sense. And I know that's weird to say, a guy that was kind of up and down all of last season, but I almost trust that Jordan Love's going to figure it out on a week-to-week basis more consistently than Drew Locke, and I think he's going to do it with more touch to all levels of the defense. Sorry.
3: No, well, that's that's just to the point we were making, is that there really is no such thing as a perfect comp. You can throw any guy out and say, well, they have two traits that I, I kind of find similar, and you can say, well, yeah, sure. But, you know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's always interesting to just kind of sure. talk about them. Um, so, moving on from Jordan Love, uh, speaking of another love, John Lovett uh, <laughs> just got picked up uh, by Green Bay. And interestingly enough, like, a- as a guy that has, and correct me if I'm wrong, has not played in a single NFL snap, uh-huh. of, he seems just kind of like a throwaway type guy. It Actually, there's kind of some buzz uh, amongst Packers Twitter about this guy. Um, wh- tell us why. <laughs> why is that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
4: well, I, I think John Love really intrigued the Chiefs. And I think, uh, you know, he, last year he did his I, – I, you start with the story. He did his pro day with one arm because he still hadn't come back from, like, a broken hand. So he's out there. He's running multiple positions. He's lining up in the backfield. He's showing his ability to run routes. He's he's got this great story there with the backstory of like you know a, a guy that you know just is kind of trying to make his own way and doing whatever it takes like that's the kind of football character you want John Lovett was a quarterback for a while there at Princeton he moved to like an H-back type role um, he showed a lot of versatility there's just a lot of intriguing things to you know that he possesses as a football player he's a unique guy he's if you want to call him a, ju- a juice check, a Kyle juice check type, even the Ivy league, you know, the Ivy league stuff going on. Um, I, I don't think, you know, like I, obviously he's not that guy yet, but I think there are some things that you see in his game that make you think that maybe he could be, especially since he's just learning, you know, the fullback position. Um, so I understand why, you know, especially, you know, if, if, if the Packers are really going to try to play more 21 personnel, you know, if Josiah DeGuaro is getting time in the backfield, John Lovett is good insurance on him, or a good developmental type player. He could this is could be one of the most perfect situations for him to develop, um, because you know a fullback H type player seems like he this is one of the few places that he could actually see the field.
3: Yeah, and you know Gutenkos came out and said too that they were really interested in him last year as well, um, but he chose to sign with the Chiefs. So. You know, it's, it's, he's an interesting guy, and you can definitely tell, you know, if LaFleur is going to be wanting that – want to run that Kyle Shanahan-type offense, they need their juice check. And I think that's kind of why they went out and got the Guara, and they're going to see what Love it has, and they're just going to roll with it. Um, So we'll see. Uh, Interesting guy to keep an eye on, even though – I don't even know how we're going to keep an eye on guys, and it makes me sad because I have no idea what it's going to look like. But we're just going to act like it's going to be like normal, and we're going to get you know, – you know, like, we used, I used to get annoyed with, like, training camp updates for, like, every little detail. And how silly that seems now.
2: <laughs> like, You're a kill point. for it. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, but, okay, so moving on from that. Uh, so we cover the draft at Arrowhead Pride. And so this is kind of fun for me as well because, you know, I come on the AP draft show and it's Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. And it's a lot of fun. Um, but we don't get to talk about the Packers very much. Um, so the Packers had – you know, an interesting an interesting draft this year to say the least. What? Um, uh, just yeah. So anyway, so what? If you, uh, I was gonna make a joke, but it it's mean. Uh, so what? Okay. So give me give me your favorite pick from the Packers 2020 draft class, and then also your least favorite pick.
4: My favorite is Jordan Love. Like I know we've spent a lot of time talking about him. Um, I, I'm sorry, I have to go with Jordan Love here. I can't really deviate too far because I don't really love anything else about this draft class. Uh, um, okay. we can yeah. talk about Jonathan Garvin if you want. Like, I like that one, but um, I Jordan Love, man. Like, I I think like I understand you still got Aaron Rodgers, and it doesn't make a ton of sense on its face. Then you look a little bit deeper, you pull the layers back. You know, maybe there is a little bit of a power struggle there. That's potentially boiling over, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, and, and investing in the, the most important position in sports is never a bad thing. And this is a great situation for him. It's a great developmental situation for him. I like the idea. I I've talked myself into it. It was a little bit jarring at first. But I, he has a chance. He has a high ceiling. You can continue that legacy of just going from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. In your, in your lifetime, Jake, yep.
3: uh,
4: you know, so <laughs> it might happen.
3: Well, and that's, you know, we talk, we and this has been said so many times too by so many people, but it's like, you know, one, we don't know anything about the draft. You know, I, I've talked myself into it because that's what fans do, you know. Um, but if Jordan Love hits, every, I mean, honestly, every other player they picked could not play a snap, and 2020 would be a successful draft class. Like, really? that's just that's just how it is it's it's the currency of the NFL like and, and we've even talked about this I, I would take a quarterback every single year until until i have a stud because right. i don't think you can do anything and i mean as a chiefs fan you you you're, you're seeing that now like the last 2 years i mean honestly the chiefs could have two super bowls in the last 2 years cuz they've got the best quarterback in the NFL right. before that you got to talk yourself into oh, well um, maybe maybe if you put enough talent around Alex Smith you know, maybe he can win you one.
4: If you squint hard enough, you can see a Super Bowl team.
3: Right, and, like, that's not to take anything away from Alex Smith. Like, he is, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but he's not a great one. No, and he, he
4: was never, he's never going to win a Super Bowl, and you're and never going to win a yeah, Super so
3: Bowl. You yet. take swings, and, I mean, as far as swings on guys, like, that's why Love went in the first rounds, because he's. you hit on him, it's a grand slam. You know, you can strike out, absolutely, but at that point in the draft, pick 27, giving up a, a late fourth to move up to pick 27. That's that's nothing. That's really pretty insignificant, especially when you talk about like the quarterback tax to move up for a quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean,
4: we'll, if, we'll see. If you light if you light a fire under Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I this has probably been talked about ad nauseum in Green Bay, I'm sure. But like even if you just light a fire under Aaron, it's probably worth the pick.
3: Right, and we've seen in Green Bay what happens when Rodgers gets hurt. Like, having a good, dependable backup quarterback can potentially save your season. You know, so I get it. Um, I was never upset about that pick, especially since I called it last September. Um, so that made me feel good about myself. <laughs> um, but, so, moving on, what was your least of your least favorite picks of this 2020 draft?
4: Oh, man. Your most
3: of your least favorite.
4: I think – I think – I've gotta I gotta go with AJ Dillon. And it's the funny thing is is like I think I might have been a little bit higher on A. J. Dillon. You like
3: AJ Dillon.
4: I do. Uh, I I had him as the eighth best running back in the draft. I'm looking at looking at what grade did I get him? I gave him a third round grade. And I think part of that was because of the athletic testing. Yeah. Um I just valuing running backs that early, like like that kind of guy that early. It's it's a tough sell for me. It's a tough sell for me. And I I and this is coming from a guy who I mean, he had sneaky production as a pass catcher. I mean, he I believe like didn't he average like thirteen yards per catch or something crazy like that?
3: Yes, you were actually one of the few guys or I don't know if you're one of the few, but in your film study that was something that you had pointed out that you thought he he potentially Could have a little bit more as a pass catcher than what he what he showed in college, just because you know his ability with the ball, you know his route running ability, and his ability to adjust the ball in the air and and stuff like.
4: Like he's a natural catcher. It's just like the more I look at it, and I think I think just like looking at the totality of the draft too makes it really hard for me to to love it because what (laughs) love it? Uh, Funny there. like just because like you, you take Jordan Love, you go first round. I love that. It's a great that's a great swing, worthy swing. But now you go running back in round two. You go H back in round three. I don't love the start of that draft on its face. I would have liked to see them maybe go with a a higher positional value position in round two to try to maybe offset the risk that you have with Jordan Love. Like this is a very low floor kinda of, or a high floor kind of kind of pick and like I think A. J. Dillon could be a very good football player. And maybe they're trying to follow the the Derrick Henry model. Um but I just like when I look at the totality, picking him in the top sixty two picks, like that one just kind of sticks out. Even though I like the player, I thought that was a reach and I just don't like the totality of that draft when you throw AJ Dillon into the mix.
3: Yep. No, that's you pretty much just echoed the sentiments of every Packers fan especially after, you know, after, you know, looking at it from 30,000 feet up is like, you know, Jordan loves his swing. And I think you talk about high floor players. I think A.J. Dylan's going to be a good player. I think Josiah DeGuire is going to be a good player. I don't know how good I think I don't, I don't hate them as prospects. I never did. I, I didn't like to you guys know that.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: I had to, I really had to talk myself into him and, and the role that the Packers are going to use him in. Like I get it. And I, and I do like him quite a bit now in that, in that role, but in the third round, yes, it's tough. It's kind of, it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but that's the beauty of the draft man is, is you never know. And you can really talk yourself into just about anything. Um, so So that's, that's, that's that. That's for Packers fans. We'll see, you know, three years from now, if AJ Dillon is a productive player, a good player, if Josiah DeGuar is a productive, good player, um, it really won't matter, you know, because there's going to be half of those guys in the second and third round aren't even going to be in the league anymore. So um, that's also the other, you know, that's the other side of the coin with the NFL draft as well. Uh, But before we get you out of here, Kent, uh, I think this is always fun to talk about with other people and now, you know, The the Kansas City Chiefs, this is a a line I never thought I would say. The Kansas City Chiefs are the class of the NFL right now. Uh, People are chasing them. They have the Super Bowl roster, so it's safe to say they have the best roster in the league. Um, So let's talk about rosters. And let's talk about, you know, if you had, you know, a, a way that you could magically snatch two players from the Packers, uh, one on offense and one on defense, and put them on your Kansas City Chiefs uh, Chiefs team. What player would you take on offense from this team? Uh,
4: so I think it's 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 between two. It's between David Bakhtiari and Devante Adams. Um, I think I'm gonna go like how how many years do I get this? Is it just for this year?
3: You get you get them, man. They're yours. Like they're they can they get to finish their career out if you want to re, if you want to give them another contract, whatever. You know? Okay.
4: Yeah, let's go, David Bakhtiari. Then, uh, I you know just because I think there's about to be a lot of influx along the offensive line for this team, and Devontae Adams, like I would love to throw him in there. Uh, he can come in and play X immediately. They can move Sammy Watkins around and then when Sammy Watkins moves on, they've got one of the best wide receivers in the in the world alongside with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Like that's terrifying. But they need to protect Patrick Levon Mahomes at all costs. David Doctiari is one of the best tackles in the world. Uh, and I mean he's still he's still twenty-eight years old. Like this is a young he's younger than Eric Fisher. He's way better than Eric Fisher. And the Chiefs have big decisions to make it tackle. Um, so David Bakhtiari would be a fantastic addition for the next, you know, five, six years in Kansas City protecting, the you know, who I think is the best player in the world.
3: Yeah, that's actually – if I were to do the same exercise, I think you pretty much laid it out exactly how I would have. Devontae would be a blast to watch in that offense. Him and Tyreek, I mean, they, they would complement each other terrifyingly well. Mm-hmm. And – but you gotta you gotta keep Pat up right, and right now he's got enough weapons. But you know, D-Bock is yeah, he's gonna keep him clean. And to pair him with uh, Mitchell Schwartz too would be yeah, that's not even fair. Um, so okay, same question now for this Kansas City Chiefs team for their defense.
4: Oof. Give me Jair Alexander. The mm. Chiefs have not spent much of anything at cornerback in the la- in Brett Ve- Brett Beach's tenure. They have not spent a day one or day two pick at cornerback. They have not spent more than a few million dollars on a free agent cornerback. They have very minimally invested, and I think Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks in football. Uh, And this is not just me trying to to stand on one of my draft takes, because me and Jake, we both have receipts on Jair Alexander and how much we loved him as a player. I just think he's one of the best cornerbacks in football. He doesn't fit the typical profile. He's a little bit smaller than what C Spagnuolo likes, but C Spagnuolo would love the attitude, the willingness to tackle, and the ability to play. You know, he plays bigger than he is, you know, and he makes plays on the football. Uh, give me Jair Alexander, uh, you know, ten times out of ten. Even though I know you've got you've got great defensive line, the Chiefs the Chiefs has some defense defensive linemen too, and a, but a very obvious needed cornerback.
3: Yeah, and honestly, I thought this question was uh, was more entertaining, more fun. Um, J- Jair is – I get Jair, and I love Jair. He's also one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL right now. And, and, oh, yeah. him, and him and Honey Badger in the same secondary would be, would be must-watch television. That would be so much fun. Um, but the other – the only other argument I would make is just, man – not or not even argument, just like I would like to see this. It'd be fun to see. It'd be it'd be a blast to watch Kenny Clark um and Chris Jones line up next to each other. Two oh, you know, few, few guys in the same draft class, um, uh, just absolute, you know, game wreckers from um, from the interior. That'd be fun. It'd be it'd be a lot of fun to watch the Darius Smith and Frank Clark go after quarterbacks together. You know? Yeah, know, um, for sure. But but just yeah, I understand too the Chiefs the, the biggest weakness probably on that team you'd say is probably what corner
4: it is corner i i'm I, on interior offensive line or corner the two positions that you're looking at going ah this is it's tough especially since the chiefs have lost some some guys martinez rankin not starting the season on the pup and then they lost the ron duvord Nate hardy who's opting out they need help there too
3: yep so yeah that's that's that that's a lot of fun kent um I'm sorry that Patrick Mahomes' reign as best quarterback in the NFL is only going to be around for a couple more years <laughs> uh, until Jordan Love takes over. Uh, but uh, you know, until then, enjoy it, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. No, I think anyone anywhere uh, that is actually just a fan of football enjoys watching that Kansas City Chiefs football team and and, and watching the young the young MVP Patrick Mahomes play. Um, Kent, thank you so much for coming on the show with uh, with me today. Um, We'll have to give Ross a hard time for him not being here. But uh, until next time, Kent, um, we appreciate you. And as always, Go Pack Go.